polygamy. What does it mean? What is it about? Is it legal or is it illegal? These questions might seem simple, but they're not. We'll answer them on this episode of Series Finale, all about the finale of HBO's Big Love. Let's find a show we never seen Everybody, welcome to series finale podcast, the only podcast where three comedians watch the final episode of a show they've never even, even seen. seen. I'm, I'm Zach. <laughs> I'm John Paul. <laughs> and uh, we're here. We're queer. We're feeling good. Thank you for checking us out. If you dig us, we have a Patreon podcast that we put out every Thursday. Check us out. Patreon.com series finale. We release pilot episodes. We're loving it. And actually, little inside baseball, we've seen the pilot. We watched this pilot for premieres. <laughs> it turned out none of us had seen it. We all fell in love. We came back for the finale to figure out what happened to Bill Henriksen and his polygamous family. Right. So did, you, did this reaffirm your love or did this finale cause a divorce? Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm watching this show. I'm in. Oh, I'm on like season wow. one, episode 10. This is my new show. I'm going to see it all the way through. Uh, I think it's very good. It's so 06. It has such a time capsule situation. And for me, what is interesting about it is what was funny to me about The Sopranos and what I liked is it was a world I didn't see. I didn't know anything about, but it was a rich character portrait of like doomed people. You know, this, I know nothing about Utah. In just really <laughs> white bread white people in the American West is hilarious, and we should laugh about it more often than we do. Just the idea of Utah as a state is hilarious, okay? Yeah. Just what is blowing my mind is learning and reading more about the FLDS and the LDS Church in the Mormons. In basically what went down is Joseph Smith was a promiscuous horn dog who wanted more wives. <laughs> he claimed it was a godly revelation. And now people just have followed him for 150 years. Joseph Smith had his first wife, which is a major position in plural marriage. Emma Smith hated polygamy and did not recognize his wives. Hated it. Yeah. And so because this guy was horny, people have been doing it for a century. It, uh, I love it. I love it but so much. They decided you say holy, that, they decide it's not holy. Would you say that Joseph Smith has the most influential balls in human history? Ooh. Well, I also looked it up, and it turns out that polygamy is most common in the world in uh, Islamic countries, so it is a very Woo! feminist practice. <laughs> As we know, the Islamic people are very feminist. And uh, so it's most common in parts of Africa in the Middle East. So I think Muhammad's balls may have been more influential. <laughs> Damn, if only we could see them, but it's illegal to represent them in any way. Well, as long as his face isn't in it, it might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you think you could do like a dildo of Muhammad? I think you could do it, definitely. <laughs> I think it would definitely get, it would be a lot of eyes on that product, for sure. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of the jeans on it as well. Would, would you be upset if you came home to your girlfriend and she had replaced the Jesus dildo with a, a Muhammad dildo? 
Uh, no, I would just immediately face Mecca and begin to pray as I'd be converted. <laughs> Do you think that it would point to Mecca? And that would just bend in the direction of Mecca no matter where you were at? Zach, I'm, I'm so excited to hear that you enjoyed the show because in general, you do not enjoy television. You do not, you do not like it. Uh, right. Um, There's I actually, gotta say, I'm split with you on this because I actually was pretty disappointed by the finale of the show. Yeah. I, it was not, uh, I did not think it was as good as the premiere by a long shot. That's the case with most television. I would say I was surprised by how little the plot had progressed in five years from where we saw the family as an independent FLDS family that had uh, problems with their Juniper Creek uh, uh, like cult, basically, compound that they grew up in. And now where they're at is basically Bill has become somewhat of a prophet himself. He is one <laughs> for state senator and he's trying to get polygamy uh, accepted and made legal in the state of Utah. And they, they play it up as a major feminist thing, which cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the neighbor, Carl, played by Carlos Jocat, who I really like, ends up killing Bill because Bill seeded his lawn and Carlos Jocat took that as a huge offense to his masculinity. <laughs> yeah, his he ability did. to provide for his family. Yeah, you don't you don't mess with another man's lawn. That's true. It's a it's a very low T move to not be able to sod your own lawn. Yeah. And also, uh, we should But we it's a high T move to go ahead and murder that man that did sod <laughs> it. That is uh, pretty masculine. Also, Bill Hendrickson is currently being indicted by the <laughs> indicted because uh, one of his wives was most likely underage when they got married and had children. Yes, that's the crux of it. Is that Bill's political enemies, as he calls them, or law-abiding law enforcement officials, uh, are accusing Bill of statutory rape, which he did commit, as evidenced by the two children he fathered with a 23-year-old woman. And our kids are like seven at this point. <laughs> the show, oh man, the show does do a weird thing where, like, they try to make polygamy the most feminist mo move you can make. Dude, the the like burden of the show, and this was somewhat true, is that Joseph Smith was this horn dog. He makes everyone polygamous. A lot of people didn't want to be polygamous, including Brigham Young at the beginning. His his story, the way Dave Ramsey's story is, he was he was broke, he got rich, he went broke. Now he put it on on a more fertile ground. Brigham Young was like, I was shocked and repulsed by it, but then I did it because it was for God. It is clear to me from both this episode and the ones I've watched that Bill did not want to be polygamous. And that's a central tenet of it. He had a single marriage with Barb, his first wife. Barb gets cancer. No one will give them any money except Roman, the prophet of Juniper Creek. In oh. return, he demands that Bill marries his daughter, Nikki. It's like, it's and crazy. Dude, there's some, uh, there's some great scenes, though, in this last episode. When Nikki's able to admit that she's, like, a, not a nice person. And oh, she's, unbelievable. She's, like, mean. She's, like, I'm a bad person. I'm mean. I'm spiteful. I'm jealous. It's such a great scene. And it's, like, I just love to hear her admit that. She know? says, I don't have an ounce of the milk of, of human kindness in me. Yeah. Which is, like, beautiful saying. And th this show is also, like, all three of the women, they end up staying in a relationship together at the end 
when Bill gets yes. <laughs> I will say Marjean's position is a little unclear. She came into it the youngest. She was not raised polygamous. She was the babysitter that they ended up smashing. And she has a desire to go on a volunteer cruise, which I find so funny to like fly to Miami and then cruise down to Guatemala and build some houses. She wants to do volunteer work. And everyone's like, Marjean, you have two young children. You can't just like go hang out with Guatemalans and build them houses and then just say that that's good. Well, that's why you have a polygamous polygamous marriage. You have a bunch of people around to can watch the kids while you're out there pursuing your frivolous needs. So one of the major themes and conflicts throughout this episode is the idea that is each woman responsible for all the children or are they more responsible for the kids that they biologically had, right? Because Bill is the father to all of them. And does each kid have three moms or do they just have one mom and then their dad has two hosts (laughs) i think it's interesting because this is like this is like the struggle between uh living in a commune versus having private property this is capitalism versus communism you know is it everyone in this together and we all share resources and we share with the good times and bad or are you selfish piece of shit landowning landlord who just exists to scrape and live off misery Right. And, but on the other hand, is it like, are you being a freeloading communist like Marjean, who's like, oh, Barb raised children for 28 years, but now hers are all 18. And I want to go on a cruise and eat an all day buffet with some Guatemalans. Barb can raise six year olds for the next 12 years. No, I you think guys- that that was like what I was annoyed by. I feel like they would have had way less problems than they did if they had had more of the commune sort of thing in like a shack size bed shack had a really yeah, big dude. bed and they should have he, all been in bill paxton's bed all four right. of them. and they should have taken responsibility <laughs> for the kids because dude, it's, because there's bill division got, there's division yes. if you like there's gonna be tears you're creating tears if you don't say we're all on the same level you know the bottom or the top bitch which was the margine she like um, you know, she has more control over these people because she, she, she had Barbara. it first. She rageated, it, you know, she, <laughs> she, she's the but OG. Also Barb can work. She's oh, that's Barb. Barb, making yeah. money. You know what I mean? In Marjean is the crazy flouty. She's dead weight. Honestly, she's so dumb. <laughs> it's a funny thing, dude. Cause I'm watching season one, a recurring part of Nikki, Chloe Savigny's character is that she's really good with appliances. Like when the garbage disposal breaks or when uh, the, the washing machine breaks in anyone's house, they call Nikki and she like hauls it out on a dolly and like does these major home improvement. Really? Wait, so, yes. so Barb is the oldest woman. Yep. Marjean is the, Nikki's Nikki the is middle. the second wife and she yeah. is the daughter of Roman, the prophet at Juniper Creek. And she's probably murdered Bill's grandfather. And then Marjean is like this uh, 17-year-old babysitter that Bill corralled into a life of polygamy. 
Dude, did they show any flashbacks to, to how Bill was able to, to nail that down? Yeah. And why the fuck would they need the babysitter? They have two wives. Exactly. <laughs> there's three adults in the house, and there's like an 18-year-old daughter, and yet he was hiring a babysitter. This guy, Bill, he knows nothing about finances because most of his problems stem from financial debt to Roman. Yeah, Bill's in yeah, trouble if, in the end with the finances. If you didn't listen to the series pilots episode, give it a listen. But uh, Bill, we should mention, he uh, not only has three wives, he has a house for each wife. He has three houses. And he is he owns a, a hardware company. Um, but right now, that is uh, in going through some tough times. Right. Because of racism towards polygamy. People yeah. are boycotting. <laughs> <laughs> one of the big like recurring things is for the polygamists to compare their lifestyle to the gay lifestyle. And I think like in, in the pilot, maybe there's like a quote from Roman in the newspaper. That's like polygamy. It's just like being gay. And, but like they're also fundamentalist Christians. So they hate gays. That's so funny. It's a bunch of Mormons doing poppers and asses chaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, holy shit. I mean, I, for one, I was kind of shocked because, like, when, uh, when the episode, we last left them in episode one, the final episode, it opens with, you know, Bill's getting indicted for this crime that he committed, which is understandable. But mm-hmm. then they also, the fact that, he's, that he was a senator blew my mind until I realized that he was a state senator. Yes. I said, okay, then it makes more sense. Then it makes Why more sense. The, that he could state be senator is pretty easy to get. That's what Scott Brown was initially when his daughter Ayla Brown was on American Idol. And then he got to be U.S. Senator because he used to pose in Playgirl and uh, Elizabeth Warren said she wouldn't shake hands in the cold at Fenway Park. Or Martha Coakley said. <laughs> Scott Brown was hot. Scott Brown was very handsome. Yeah, He's handsome man. a little annoying. He's got some height to him, too. How tall Watch is he? it. Watch um, it. He's a victim of sexual violence as a child. He was? Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. he was hot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I didn't Do you know think that. Scott Brown could handle plural marriage? Ooh, that's a good question. No, because I mean, whatever women he attracted, they would not. They wouldn't be able to just take him one night a week. He's so hot, you'd have to. You would. You would want multiple nights. Well, that's like <laughs> Bill. He's an absolute stallion. And yeah, he's, Bill actually married down in a lot of ways three times. He's I know, dude. All three times. <laughs> Dude, I thought about this. In this episode especially, Barb looks like Michael Jackson. She looks like White Mike circa 2005. She looks just like him. Janine Triplehorn and Mike Jackson look more alike than Mike Jackson and any of his children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Barb, she was the original, she was the original wife. She's the, she's the one in charge, the, fe- the head female in charge of this marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over Marjean and uh, and over Nikki, and although Bill has committed what is this statutory rape on a seventeen year old? Yep, he does have some amazing moments, right? There are some there are qualities about Bill that are pro- prophetic, right? Like right. when Bill is uh, Bill's original wife Barb, she's gonna change religions, right? Into yes. a- that is against what Bill believes in and against the church that Bill created, you know? Right. Big deal. And it, as a, as, because he's a good man, even though he's statutory rape, he, <laughs> he says, you know, 
I'm going, you can do this. You, you know, I believe in you and you know, we want it. You're always welcome back in our house, no matter what. He allows her to go join the religion she wants to join. Dude, but what's annoying is the religion she wants to join allows women to be in the priesthood. She yeah. ultimately doesn't go through it, but she's going to be baptized by a woman. And like, Bill, why do you have such a regressive church if plural marriage is the most feminist thing that could ever happen? <laughs> women be ordained. You know what I mean? In the yeah. final moment of Bill's life, he switches that and he asks her to say a prayer for him. Yes, oh my which God. is... I love that scene. It's better than Sopranos, but it's similar because it fades to white as Bill goes to heaven because he's only, the only people who will go is polygamists. And uh, it's so beautiful because in that moment, he's acknowledging Barb's divinity as some, like a priesthood, he's acknowledging her feminism. But by asking for a blessing, he's asking her to bless this whole mess that he brought her in. Like yeah. even just blessing every moment from when they brought Nikki into his life, which I, I liked it a lot. I think it's a great ending. It's one of the better series finales that we've seen. I agree. <laughs> this show, as someone who's on episode 10 of the first season, I'm already, I'm like, I kind of get it. I feel like it's done. You know, <laughs> it probably would have been a riveting 10 episode miniseries, but this is a very good finale and it's, it's a good pilot. It's strange that they made it that many seasons and he didn't add a fourth wife. That seems that like is a very a easy, easy thing for the show to do to keep it interesting. You know what I would have done if I was a writer? I would have been like, let's get a celebrity wife to up the ratings, you know? Yeah. How about uh, how about Tila Tequila is Bill's fourth <laughs> wife? What about you guys? You guys have a celebrity wife? She's actually, Tila Tequila actually is too uh, regressive than the Mormon church. <laughs> right. She's, she's a Nazi, but she is bisexual, so she would make it interesting. <laughs> I actually have been in um, sort of this situation before. Really? Uh, yes, I've, I've been in a polygamous, polygamous marriage. Polygamous? Yeah, polygamous marriage. Or a plural marriage is the correct way to say it according to this community. Uh, <laughs> they prefer marriage. to call it plural marriage. That's the correct uh, religious <laughs> term. I, yeah, I was in a plural marriage, marriage at one point. My relationship with Lizzo and The Rock was ironically on the rocks. <laughs> I had been feeling down after my penis was cut off in a bad barber accident. <laughs> my two lovers had nursed me back to health and now taught me how to and in, 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 had tried to teach me how to enjoy the art of watching people make love. <laughs> but without the ability to come, it wasn't the same for me. The Rock would try to cheer me up, you know, by by cooking and singing songs from Moana. And Lizzo would let me feed her milkshakes and smoothies made out of hot dogs and McDonald's apple pies. <laughs> but again, I was not feeling the love as much as my lovers tried. I was lost. They were Ooh. beginning to get upset with me because I couldn't get out of the funk of losing my penis. Oh my God. You <laughs> began to have sex without even telling me, which is a big no-no in the world of thruples. Me, me, Lizzo would peg the rock for hours and hours and not even mention it to me. I went to my doctors to ask for help and they let me know what I had lost in a penis I had gained in a vagina. I said, wait. Oh my God. What? I have a vagina? And they said, yes. 
I went home and told my loves and lovers that I was back to the game, back in the game with a virgin pussy. <laughs> Lizzo tasted it and said, "Tastes like a hundred percent that bitch." <laughs> oh, our marriage is back on track now, and we have never been happier. As three minorities, trans women, indigenous, and obese, we have all the power to get people canceled. <laughs> Wow, Jack. Jack, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, please. Um, what happened with the barber accident where you lost your penis? <laughs> well, I asked him to. Um, I asked him for a soul patch, and um, he was so offended by this because he hated rap rock so much <laughs> that he cut my dick off. <laughs> oh, he he didn't just misinterpret the vague directions. Take a little <laughs> off the top. <laughs> yeah. I would. <laughs> It turns out it wasn't a barber. It was actually a moil. And, um, oh, wow. <laughs> the most challenging time during my marriage was when at a family meeting, I learned about some unsavory business investments made by my wives on behalf of the family. <laughs> my two wives, Jennifer Lopez and Sonia Sotomayor, were so <laughs> grateful to be married to me. They said everyone else saw them as brilliant women, but I just saw them as wives. <laughs> but at a monthly business meeting, I found out three disturbing things. One, neither of my wives, wives were subscribed to my Patreon. I had a podcast <laughs> discussing mob movies, and both of my wives refused to subscribe because they, quote, heard it recorded live. And <laughs> I was disgusted, but I was sickened when I found out my wife, J-Lo, was doing an advertisement for Jose Cuervo. The idea that one of my wives, and by extension myself, was profiting off of alcohol made me sick to my stomach, as sick as the cancer that alcohol is scientifically proven to cause. <laughs> as I was belligerently screaming my head off at J-Lo, Sonia stepped in to defend her sister wife. She said, hey, it's no different from marijuana. I said, exactly. Thank you, Sonia. As in, they both should be prohibited and punishable by death and are done only by disgusting, slobbish boars. She said, hey, we invested $50,000 in Mike Tyson's marijuana ranch. I said, damn, I love the champ, but weed is despicable. I couldn't bear the fact that I had taken these two women as lives wives and shot myself in the head <laughs> wow Damn. wait was mike tyson at your funeral uh i don't know i wasn't there uh i hope that mike came through and i hope that he wore the black trunks nothing but black trunks <laughs> and he was a pallbearer how do you think he, how do you think he would have sound when he was crying I never knew this man, but uh, I'm really glad that he's dead, honestly, because all of his money, his wives are going to put into Tyson Ranches, and uh, as a memory to him, we're going to burn his body and use it as fertilizer for my cannabis plants. Wow. Wow. My, that was a pretty great one. Yeah, it's getting better. One, yeah. Dude, yeah, you really see my, my Don Corleone is excellent. I uh, put dude. an olive in my mouth and just did Don Corleone, and it's killer. <laughs> It's uncanny. so bad, dude. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so uncanny. Do it, dude. Let's see you don't go in. I never knew this man, <laughs> but I know he's a good man because he had a lot of wives. In my <laughs> tradition, we keep one life in as many infinite gumats. But he had the most. 
He had the stu- he had the stu- stu- guts to have them all wives. That would, be, that would be kind of interesting if like Tony was actually in a plural marriage and only had one Guma. And every time they added one like wife, he he'd have to get, get in big fights with the Guma. She'd be like, right. Tony, you said you weren't gonna have any more wives. Why? Why? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Um, I also was in a plural marriage. Now, on a series pilots, I detailed how once I uh, realized I resembled South Korean director Bong Joon-ho, I began to impersonate him. And that is how I met my wives, Park Bo-young and Kim Yoo-jong. We moved into a caravan of three vans and made money selling counterfeit Air Jordans in the Saugus uh, Square One uh, Mall parking lot with my trademark counterfeit Bong Joon-ho signature on. The wives were working hard each night and busting their asses, selling the shoes in the day. And we figured they needed a break. So we decided to visit Yu Jung's family in Seoul, South Korea. We arrived and the family was ecstatic to meet their country's most famous director and greeted me in their native Korean. I rudely informed them that I would only speak to them in English as I was now a hotshot Hollywood director. And we went to their large home where I began to watch K-pop videos and eat all of their seaweed snacks. Yu Jung's family was involved in the South Korean Defense Force and said that they were taking a trip into North Korea to get proof of life of North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un. Kim had been speculated as dead, and uh, Yu Jung's father, the general, thought that Bong Joon-ho was the perfect man to shoot a mini-documentary on the condition of the portly autocrat. I couldn't back down, as it would make me look bad, and because I had just nodded when asked, as I couldn't understand anything Yu Jung's father was saying to me. And we left the next morning at 7 a.m. and made the three-hour drive north to Pyongyang. When we arrived, we were led into a large room where we saw the corpse of Kim Jong-un in a sealed glass casket. Kim Jong-un was dead. I barked at my wives to assemble the cameras and get this historic moment on tape when Kim Jong-un's sister, Kim Yo-jung, uh, Kim Jong-un's sister, Kim Yo-jong, stepped into the room. Kim Yo-jong had been consolidating her power in the lead-up to her brother's death, and she introduced herself as the new leader of the DPRK. I had my Korean wives translate, and Kim Yo-jong told me that her brother had died from complications from elective calf implants, similar to Kanye West's mother. Kim Yo-jong <laughs> commanded that I, Bong Joon-ho, film a propaganda erotic documentary to show the world that DPRK was now ruled by a capable, sexy, feminist leader. I could either die here or betray my countries. Well, boys, I'm with her. We shot the erotic documentary and included multiple sex scenes as focus groups had found that they were universally beloved. After we had filmed, my wives and Kim Yo-jung discovered that I was not really Bong Joo-ho and had my marriage annulled and banished me from returning to the DPRK ever again. The only upside was that my film, DPRK, A Lust Story, was nominated for multiple awards, although they ended up going to the actual Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> wow. Hey, what do you think? Is Kim Jong-un dead? Uh, Kim Jong-un? No way, dude. He, how could a man with that stature ever die at 36? That's a good point. Dude, it was so funny to me. They, Fox News had a doctor come on, and he was like, look, Kim Jong-un, he's obese. He smokes four packs a day. 
and he's got a thick neck. I mean, this guy's neck is still so thick. And if your neck is thick, it's really dangerous. He kept harping about how thick his neck was. And I was like, is this an actual medical situation? Thick neck? Like, what is that? What does that mean? Dude, that could be a big problem for everybody with top beef because it's kind of important to have a Dude, thick neck. Dude, that's a great point. Alex Jones does have a very thick neck. And this yeah. reminds me, speaking of Kim Jong-un, we haven't heard from, there's been a, a lull in the DUI news front. We don't know how either John Jones or Alex Jones went through with their DUI. It seems oh, to be jo- keeping up with the Jones situation. John, for, <laughs> if you want to know, John Jones, he pled, he pled out on a lesser charge, and he's going to be – it's going to get you – no know, jail time. He's going to be fine. Dana White had a Reddit AMA yesterday, and someone asked Thick neck. Him, yeah, <laughs> it, someone asked him if John Jones would fight this year, and he said yes. So maybe he'll be on house arrest at Fight Island. <laughs> yeah, Dana White also said there was going to be a pay-per-view last, uh, last month, and there wasn't. So nothing he says is, is you can take with uh, – Wow, with are you calling career. Dana White a liar right now? I'm challenging him to a fight right now. Oof, you would get your ass kicked. Dude, I would fucking crush Dana White, dude. No <laughs> – chance i think no that if this, i think if all three of us fought Dana white at the same time we would still lose <laughs> yeah he's definitely a beast and we're not fighters at all but john paul if you faced off dana white maybe tito ortiz would come to help a mexican brother and to beat up his enemy <laughs> i think you'd have a chance as long mm-hmm. as tito was in the zip code you'd be fine <laughs> i would want him to wb to warner brother that uh that data had big hands Dana White and Tito Ortiz were going to fight at one point, but it never materialized. Um, speaking of fights, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast, some of you guys, some of you folks, F-O-L-X, you've been in, you know, fights with your significant other. But can you imagine being in a fight with uh, when you have multiple wives and it's four people fighting? We can actually hear an argument in this clip where they fight over what ostensibly is a traded in vehicle, but then turns into a fight about the entire plural marriage. Sure, it's on its way to the trash compactors by now. How could you? It was shot. It was a good old car, but we drove it into the ground. How could you just get rid of it like that? How could you? It was just a car, Bill. It was our car. I got you that car for our ninth anniversary before you got sick. Before Nikki and Marge in these houses, Sarah and Ben learned to drive in that car, and you just went and got rid of it. You got rid of us. You threw us away without so much as a second thought. I'm sorry. No, you can't do that. You can't just walk away. What exactly the heck is happening between you two? Should we expect you to resolve this? Or is it over? All right, I really don't want to discuss it like this with all of this emotion. Well, too bad because this is our marriage and what happens to you right now happens to us too. Do you think the survival of this family isn't the foremost thing on my mind every waking minute? Just hire a private detective and ferret out some unsavory facts about this new church of hers and end it once and for all. We lost Home Plus. Sales were down, and the protesters, the boycotts, and everything else. The arrest, Valley National called in all our loans. No other bank will touch us. We'd have to sell the houses to keep the stores afloat. They stole our store. Because I'm a polygamist. Polygamy is illegal. I'm going to prison because our marriage is illegal. Everything keeps coming back to that. Well, we may be going down, 
But if we are, we're going down in flames. I've got the Senate floor tomorrow. And this state, this church, is going to deal with some issues whether they like it or not. And in that clip, we can kind of see that uh, this marriage, it's kind of falling apart at this point. Because Barb, she wants to head off to this new religion. Marjean, she wants to go and fuck off to South America to do who knows what. Uh, Nikki is flipping out because she feels like the marriage is falling apart. She feels like everyone is leaving. And all of a sudden, she is realized she's going to miss these wives that she's probably felt at odds with for years. Yeah, right. Nikki's like a kid in like a Massachusetts town and everyone's going off to college or like joining the army or right. just moving to a new city. And he's like, I thought we were all going to live here as landscapers for the rest of our lives. Okay? <laughs> and the fact that you won't do that with me is rude. Right. <laughs> Nikki's like a, a high school kid who's just beginning to take Percocets. And it's like, <laughs> oh, buddy, things are going to get bad. For you. Things are going to get real bad for you. <laughs> I am. Wait, it was like who was the kid in Laguna Beach who was like, "Wow, we did it all." <laughs> yeah, that guy was the man, though. No. Like, and then yeah. that other kid who was a junior and all his friends were seniors. That's yeah, yeah, kid. that's the kid I'm talking about. The kid's like, yeah, "Yeah, well, we did it so crazy. We were all like so awesome those years. I don't know what we're gonna do without those guys." <laughs> and Nikki's like a junior who failed. Or like a senior who failed because he was like, dude, if we all fail, then we won't have to leave. It'll be cool <laughs> as hell. And then everyone else passed. And he was like, dude, you guys left without me. Why don't we do a meme minute? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. A meme minute for big love. Okay, I'm going to do boy-girl texting, which I've learned is called blockiado. I previously referred to it as like a thick black woman who was texting black man in braids. And I guess the point of the meme is they, the woman texts something very emotional, and then the man just says like, ha, ha, ha. So and Nikki and on the top, like, dude, I have abandonment issues because my father was an abusive polygamist with 31 children. Please don't leave me, Barb. Ha 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 ha! My new religion lets me be uh, the prophet. <laughs> Damn, that was a great blockiado, dude. One time, I have a blockiado story actually. Where yeah. one time, Devin's Devin and their friends at the company that she used to work for. My mom had like a pie company, and they came up with a whole business plan for the pie company to be in like a truck, and like a and uh, she sent me a long text that was like literally like four seven like four to seven paragraphs on this business plan for the truck and i just sent back now she's like said this while she was at work and like all of her coworkers were really excited about this this pie business idea they had had and then she sent me the text and i just texted her back ha 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 i love pie (laughs) (laughs) that is very much exactly the bacchiato meme that is so funny that is the textbook definition like they update img flip or whatever which describes these memes dude that's hilarious yeah she said that uh, all of her all of her, her co-workers were like waiting for the the response and she was embarrassed to tell them what the response was yeah, brother, that is so funny oh my god um Okay, AOC in the SUV. Rock, driving. Uh, All right, uh, AOC, where can I drive you to? Uh, Just drive me to my only husband's house. 
Rock looks back dismayed. <laughs> he only has one husband. That's pathetic. Um, all right. What about... Um, hey, let's go to, uh, let's go to this uh, wedding for a person that's going to... Believes in... Uh, for a monogamous relationship. Bill Paxton. Uh, I'm going to head out. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, let's see here. Okay. All right. All right. Ready? You know that meme that's the black guy rubbing his hands coming out from behind the tree wearing a blazer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So let me think. Um, perfect. Okay. Bill gets shot dead, so his three wives are left alone. <laughs> Yeah. Bill's friend Don from the hardware store, who's also a polygamist, <laughs> pops his head out, rubbing his hands. <laughs> He's ready to go. That's great. Uh, okay. Broke colon losing your job during the COVID nineteen crisis. Woke colon losing your job because your boss got shot to death by his neighbor. Okay. What about this? <laughs> Broke colon. Getting shot to death because of your polygamous lifestyle and totally cucking that guy. Woke, colon, dying in real life from a stroke. <laughs> That's right. R.I.P. Bill Paxton, one of the legends of Austin's uh, TV and movies. No longer with us. How about this? Broke, knitting a pussy hat to go to the Women's March to support feminism. Yeah. Woke, marrying multiple women because you're a true feminist. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. If they're going to split the wives up, like let's say now that Bill's dead, uh, Andrew Yang is president. He's going to divvy these wives up for us. Let's, uh, let's draft these wives. Wait, one more. I got the scrolls of truth. All right, all right. All right. I'm, I'm traveling throughout all this, the world to find the scroll of truth. I find this scroll of truth. A man should be married to one woman. Throw the scroll yes! of truth. Excellent. There you Excellent. go. That's the proper way to do a scroll of truth. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, wait. Andrew Yang's divvied up the women in the world. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're each, we're each going to get to walk with one of Bill's wives. Yeah. Um, I feel like I shouldn't answer this first. <laughs> Barb is the best. Barb's Dude, the most gonna, competent wife. I definitely I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Nikki. I'm gonna take Nikki. You told me earlier that she's handy, right? She fixes appliances. Yep. Uh yep. and uh I saw that actress uh blow a guy in the brown bunny. So those two things that's she's handy. Wow. She's handy and she's mouthy. So well, I'm the, I'm down with both of them. The upside of Nikki is she will not leave you, but she will make your life a living hell for the rest of your life. But she won't leave you. <laughs> and financially, she does not believe in Ramsey. Right. She loves credit card debt and right. uh, buying more appliances on debt. And who was the other woman? Marjean. If any, you'd be better off marrying uh, an anchor because Marjean is just going to sink you to the bottom. <laughs> See, this woman is dumb as bricks. You can't I'm, her in your house. I'm taking Marjean because she's so simple that all she wants to do is make Bill happy. That she gives him a blowjob in the first episode. Yeah. So I don't think Barb's giving any blowies out anytime soon. Also, if you and Marjean had children, you would definitely save money on college tuition. <laughs> 
dude. You don't hey, need you know what? I'll send I'll send Nikki over to fix your trash compactor. That'd be perfect. <laughs> oh boy. That leaves that leaves Zach with the bottom bitch bar. Bar, how do you think you were married to Barb would go? Um, well, it would be tough because Barb did get really sick in a hospital bed and I would hopefully not pull a John Edwards, but you never know, you know? And so that would be tough. Why? What did John Edwards do? John Edwards cheated on his wife and was cheating on his wife for a long time. Then when she was dying of breast cancer, he decided that would be a good time to just jump ship and marry the <laughs> In my household, we call that a grandpa. Grandpa Tom. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, my, I mean, it's perfectly normal feeling, you know? My grandpa Tom did that like twice. <laughs> my like, yeah, did, your grandpa, did your grandpa Tom have poisonous semen? <laughs> my biological grandma, she got like Lou Gehrig's disease or no. something like that. And then he he left her like immediately <laughs> found out. <laughs> And then he married another woman. My, the grandma I grew up with, my grandma Anne, she got breast cancer, and he left her a month later. Well, to be fair to Grandpa they, Tom, it could have been Grandma Anne's farts that drove him away. <laughs> my grandma Anne is famously um, gaseous in her older age. <laughs> um, did she pass from the breast cancer? No, she survived. She's alive right now. We FaceTime her, try to once did they a get, weeks. Did she get back together with Grandpa Tom? Uh, no. He ended up getting with a huckster, a Black Widow-style woman. My last grandma is my grandma, Elizabeth. And she is like, she showed up to our house. But the first time we met her, she was in her 60s. She showed up in leather pants. Love and, it. Uh, <laughs> and later on, I kid you not, he died like um, probably eight years ago or so. About a year later, a person reached out to my mom about her because she had been married to another man who passed away at kind of an early age. And like, Unreal. and he, they were, my grandfather never made a dime in his whole life, but lived everywhere and had nice houses. And he was a total shuckster. He, yeah. he was a con man. He really was. I'm a con man. Like he, he was also very full of myself, full, full of himself. <laughs> Dude, he, he had my dad. In his will, he had my dad buy have his um his uh death what is it the obituary printed in like it was like the the Washington Post oh and like God. the LA Times. <laughs> it, cost, it cost my dad like ten grand. Jesus. Oh my God! <laughs> because my grandfather had been like the ambassador for the Panama Canal or some shit. Was like he really? That. Yeah, something like that. I gotta he, look this up. No, yeah. Was he a doting grandfather or not really? He was nice to me. Yeah. The, the <laughs> last thing we ever talked about was him telling me that if I if if he had given up alcohol, he would have succeeded much more in his life and told me to pretty much stop drinking. That's good he was advice. a bad, bad alcoholic. Grandma but, Ann is very supportive, though. She actually listens to the podcast, and shockingly, one of her favorite phrases is, holy misogyny, Batman. <laughs> so I think that uh, she was also left some encouraging reviews recently yeah, but that but then so that woman though the his last wife was also married to him and she was also a con woman she they like they lived in dubai and she was a teacher i don't know it was insane dude. it was insane the last 10 years of his life were very bizarre but he was sort of a polygamist with just like collected dead wives instead of 
<laughs> right, right. Well, that's one of the things about polygamy is some there's some confusion. You can't like number all of Joseph Smith's wives because some of his wives were married to other men and they would only be sealed in eternity, but like they were never consummated. It's very bizarro. Dude, if you want to hear if you want to listen to like an interesting podcast about the Mormon church, you got to listen to the last podcast on the left. They did like a literally an eight hour series on it. And it's amazing. It's so interesting. So I, you know, I hate to recommend another podcast, but yeah, no, I mean, they fascinate me. I'm definitely going to bleep that out and censor that like uh, President <laughs> Xi when we go on TikTok. But you know. um, I don't know the show. Yeah. So the show ends with Bill Paxton getting shot. Do you think they were trying to make him seem like a prophet? And do you think this show was written by pro-polygamists? Oh, dude, it's written and created by two gay men, a husband and husband. Wow, so, really? In some ways, polygamists, because there's <laughs> more than one type. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they just, they, they shadowed an FLDS, man. It, like, it hues close to things that happened. Bill is what's called a lost boy. It's alluded to a few times in the first episode, like, Roman and his dad kicked him out of Juniper Creek because there's an equal number of men and women. So if you want to have multiple wives, you got to get rid of some of the boys. So they're like, throw these 14 year olds on the street. It's horrifying. That really happens in Salt Lake. And then uh, there was like a short Creek raid. Warren Jeffs is this guy who's in jail. It's like all kind of real. It's freaky, dude. It's and that's why freaky. the regular Mormons hate it, because it just brought this to everybody's living room, us thinking about these people. Can you imagine <laughs> you're just, like, traveling in Salt Lake City, and you, like, take the wrong turn, and you travel onto this, like, bizarre compound? compound? Ugh, horrible. The, Probably it, Waze would send you right through the compound to shave off seven <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, the compound's got tech uh, traffic coming in. A bunch of IT guys driving Honda Civics and Subaru Outbacks through the Juniper Creep compound. Well, those uh, those tech guys, those look at, they make a little money. They can afford to have a couple of wives, you know? Well, if they weren't all incels, yeah, they'd be fine. Dude, do you think that the, like, it's actually, it is liberal in a way. To be a polygamist. Like, if they were accepting of, like, everybody else and polygamy, like, there, there's a way to have a Mormon church that's, like, so, so left that they're into polygamy and double-sided polygamy, where it's, like, it's, women bringing yeah, on more I, husbands. I totally agree with the sentiment that uh, it is, it would be possible, but I think what people have seen is that in practice, it just tends to be just uh, women being kind of, coerced into marriages at teenage years well yeah, that's pretty it's negative really bad there's child marriage involved and it would be cool if it is a bit of a more communal style living if it went all ways it would be accepting but the flds they try and maintain the church the way that joseph smith had it because they claim that getting rid of polygamy was a political move by brigham young to try and get utah into the states they also happen to believe that allowing black people into the church in 1976 was a blasphemous political move. So they also are extremely racist. So they are not very uh, open-minded. Jesus. But they are polygamists, which is ultimate feminism. Yeah. And, you know, is, some would say is cultural appropriation from certain parts of Africa and the Middle East. So maybe, unlike some of these white liberals who only listen 
to Weezer and other white bands, the <laughs> FLDS kind of, you know, they, they get influences from all over the world. Right, right. All right, why don't we do a Deepak Chopra? Deepak Chopra moment, something you liked about the show. I really liked uh, that Barb traded in her car. I think ultimately it, that was a good move. <laughs> I support used car ownership because it is good to reuse a vehicle. At a certain point, a car doesn't get good gas mileage and its emissions are below standards. So I approve of Barb getting rid of something that is no longer practical in spite of its nostalgic memories. So I really, really liked that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my my Deepak Chopra moment is somewhat related. When Barb trades in her car and she gets the new car, Barb, Marjean, and Nikki go for like a drive, and it seems like they like kind of connect with each other, and they're having just a very nice drive together. And I thought that was a nice move between the wives. It's hilarious. They I got find the the, I, in this episode especially, I find the wives way more likable than Bill Hendrickson. Bill Hendrickson comes yes. off as real bad to me in this episode. I don't think he come off, comes off bad, but he, he's is not extremely the, stiff. And the wives are actually fun, and they have more dimensions. Bill Paxton gives Bill Hendrickson like one emotion, and <laughs> it's stress—it's somewhere in between stressed and annoyed. He's not well, very—he is being indicted for statutory rape, <laughs> and he spent. Hey, two Michael nights in Jackson jail. handled it with a lot more grace. Okay, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> When Bill got out, HM, it made him just look like right. Janine Triplehorn. <laughs> when Bill got out of uh, jail, he should have moonwalk out like uh, like Michael Jackson did. <laughs> but wait, I, I my Deepak Chopra moment. Oh, also John Paul, she did trade into a Mini Coupe, which is not a livable car. Do you think that's Dude. expensive? Oh gosh, you know what? I mean, it's she's limiting her options when she does that. You know, she's really <laughs> limiting herself. You know, like, what she can do does she because she didn't get a car she can live in she has to rely on this husband rather than branch out and become a priest on her own my my bhagnavan anthem moment my teapot Chopra <laughs> moment is um also has to do with barb and that's barb's the older woman right yeah yeah the michael barb, jackson look like the scene where she decides not to go through with her um her what is it called her her, She's getting baptized. Her, her bapti- bat- baptism. Um, I thought it was a really beautiful scene because I don't care about religion. And I thought she did a good job portraying Michael Jackson. As, <laughs> no, no. I thought she did a really good job, though, like portraying somebody who cares about this choice in religion, where it's like if somebody wanted me to join the FLDS and like dunk me in a water tank, I would just let them. You know, I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Right, but she really cared oh, about it. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. You would just do it and then not live up to the standards. No, I mean, what are they gonna do? <laughs> you, know? you know, if you, if I if I get ordained into Judaism, they, well, they're gonna be they're gonna kick me out. You know, no, it's they'll like, they'll they'll request you attend a 2,500 person funeral of a rabbi in Williamsburg during a global <laughs> pandemic. That's one of the one of the things that you would Wait, have to commit. Did they to. do that? The Satmar Hasidic sect did. This is a, a huge controversy in New York. The Satmar Hasidic sect of Judaism in Williamsburg held a 2,500-person funeral. Bill de Blasio tweeted about it, and he referred to the Jewish community. And now people are like, that's anti-Semitic. Why would you bring the whole community into it? It's extremely disrespectful. So he's in really hot water. Is he actually in hot water? I mean, everyone's in hot water on Twitter, but there's 
17, 18 year olds, nine 34 year old socialists in like 10,000 Russians shirtlessly posting like a Siberian tree farm. I stand with Bill at this point as somebody who's been taken down by the mob, by the uh, internet mob. (laughs) I'm with Bill. Yeah, you might see him in Prospect Park. He drives 12 miles every day to take a walk with his wife through the park. Well, that's nice. Are they on the lookout for more lesbians to convert? Yeah, he probably <laughs> is also going to get the right place to find him. Um, okay, why don't we do a role play? That's great. I want to be Nikki. All right, you be Nikki. I'll be, um, I'll be Bill Paxton post-stroke. All right, you be Bill Paxton. And I'll be Janine Triplehorn, not Barbara. <laughs> okay, uh, to be clear, I'm going to be Nikki. All right. Hi. Hey, guys. Just had a stroke. Bill, Bill, your face. Oh, my gosh, your poor face. Yeah, my face is fucked up. Bill, why don't you get plastic surgery? Uh, my guy, he's great. He did me. He did Michael Jackson. He's done pretty much everybody. Bob, yeah. you had plastic surgery? I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, I used to actually be a black woman who looked kind of like Donna Summers, but then um, I got plastic surgery, and now I look like a white man. <laughs> wow, that's like that doesn't really sound like what I want to do. Well, you should, Bill, because you're a little ugly. Notice my little droopy lip that I'm doing. You look like Don Corleone. It's not really Wait, nice man. of you to make fun of me post-stroke. Bill. You heard what she said, that she is transracial. Are you okay with being in a transracial polygamous, polygamous marriage? Well, if I was still part of the FLDS, I wouldn't be. But we broke off from the FLDS, so it's cool. Why are you doing that John Leguizamo impression, Bill? <laughs> is that Benny from the Bronx? <laughs> um, guys, I need help. I think you guys need to help me recreate a loving marriage well i mean first i we i was hoping to get some spending money maybe like maybe like a hundred hundred let's do like a thousand bucks well you know what you have to do for that yeah we're just gonna meet that with silence bill because that's (laughs) disgusting that's disgusting and it's not what the flds is about okay yeah oh provider I think I'm having, ashamed. I'm having a second wave of my stroke. No, no, we don't no, believe you, Bill. I don't buy it. Come You're on. You're trying to get out of this with a fake stroke. You owe me $1,000. I'm your wife. You Bill. shouldn't have taken on multiple wives. Say you prayer for me. No, pray for no me. Bill, you have bills to pay. So I hope your will <laughs> is enough if you die. Because this is unacceptable, Bill. I'm dead. Well... <laughs> I hope you had life insurance, and yeah, uh, we're I hope go- it was in my name. Yeah, we're going to be burying an empty cask because we're selling your body to science because this, this, I need a new car. You know what, Nikki? Uh, Bill is dead, so this could go on as long as we want to. And as far as I'm concerned, Bill can't speak from the dead. So, you know, <laughs> I was just wondering, how do you like your side of the house? <laughs> My side of the house? Yeah. I mean, it could ding be Ding dong, ding dong, ding Oh, dong. Nikki, so- don't worry about the doorbell. The two of us cows, we should just chat. No hey, stress. Now the hey, bill's dead. Hey, somebody uh, opened the door. Who said that? 
It's me. Nikki. It's me, Mitt Romney. Nikki, I, I don't just think... a, I just finished a, a ball me, drive here. Hold on, let me get uh, Nikki, I don't feel comfortable opening the door with two women all alone with no man in the house. So let's move upstairs where we can't hear the doorbell ring. Hey, hey, you guys, do you guys know a veterinarian? Because I left my dog on the top of my car on the drive over here. <laughs> Nikki, I know that uh, Mitt Romney didn't just knock on the door to tell a hacky joke, right? And that couldn't have been what happened. Uh, I don't know. Roll place over. Roll place over. I don't know a veterinarian, Mr. Romney, but uh, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, maybe I don't know a dog doctor, but I do know a thing about doggy style. <laughs> yeah, Mitt, why don't you get that Mormon underwear off? And show us some of that famous Romney care. <laughs> oh my God! Come on now. <laughs> it was on. It was on speaker view. Can I see your balls? <laughs> what do you give the show? I'll give it a seven. It was a fun, entertaining hour for a finale. Yeah, I'll give it a seven. I like to see local politics portrayed, so that's a win for me. I'm going to give this show a five. I thought it was uh, a little attention gravity and a drop in quality from the first episode, but it's always good to see uh, different styles of living. Sure. All right. Good night, America. Good night. Good night. Good night.